of you are excited that the word is joy, right? I'm not coming talking about storms or anything heavy. That is worth praising the God. God. So we're going to have a fun time in church this morning, if that's okay. I'm going to talk to you this morning about contagious joy. Joy is contagious. And so I believe that God wants Heart of the City Church to tap into some contagious joy and take it into your schools and take it into your city and take it into this region and change the atmosphere of the region because we're carriers of the kingdom of God. All right? How many of you have ever gotten the giggles at inappropriate times? Yeah. So this has happened to me a few times and they're like etched in my memory forever. I don't know if guys get giggles. Do guys get giggles? Bob said no. All right, so maybe some of you men have laughed uncontrollably, I don't know, maybe laughed, haha. But girls, we get the giggles, okay? So a couple times that I've gotten the giggles that have been incredibly inappropriate, uh, probably once was in church. Um, as a high schooler, we had this like upstairs balcony and we got the giggles, I mean bad, up there. And the pastor had to call us out from the stage and said, hey, you up there, knock it off. That's bad. The other time I got giggles in church was I had a friend and I were going to sing this special song. Back in the day, how many of you remember, any of you grew up in church? You guys sing special songs, special, and they were special. So I was up there with my friend. I'm like in middle school or high school, so nervous, because you get the giggles more when you're nervous. And we're getting, we're getting ready to sing the song, and the pianist is playing, and this little girl I babysit was sitting like right where you are, and she's like, my name's Kara. She's like, hi, Carrot. She said, carrot. And I thought it was so funny that I could not stop laughing. And my friend and I got the giggles, and we couldn't finish the song. And finally, the pianist had to say, girls, pull yourself together. So we pulled ourselves together. But the ultimate worst time I got the giggles was at a funeral. It's true. It happened. So my mom and I are sitting in the back of this funeral. And um, it was my Uncle Ival. I know, right? And Uncle Iba was a great man, and um, they're honoring him, you know, up front, talking about Uncle Ival, and I'm, like, starting to tear up because Uncle Ival is amazing, you know, all the things they're saying about him. And as I'm tearing, you know, getting, like, tears in my eyes, I'm trying to picture, you know how you do, because funeral, you don't see the person, they're gone. I'm picturing in my mind what Uncle Ival looks like. I don't have a picture in my mind. I know my Aunt Ruth, but all of a sudden I realize, I don't know if I even have met my Uncle Ival. So I turn to my mom in the middle of a funeral, and I'm like, have I ever met Uncle Ival? And she loses it. We both are in the back, and we're like, <coughs> anyway, sorry. So, all right, so giggles are good. That was my um, embarrassing giggle stories. All right, so I want to talk this morning about not giggles, but you can laugh in church this morning. One time it's okay, right? Not, not the giggles, out of control, because that draws attention to yourself. All right, so I want to talk about joy, and I want to define it first. Um, joy defined is this. It's to be bright and to shine. You guys have, there. Oh, look at you, yes. All right, and joy is a state of mind and the orientation of the heart. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence and hope. It is something or someone that provides a source of happiness. How many of you think that's what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be bright and shine and be a source of happiness, right? It appears 88 times in the Old Testament and 22 books and 57 times in the New Testament in eight 
18 books. That's a lot of times. I think the Bible wants us to learn a little bit about joy. All right, well, if you're like me this morning, you kind of want to know where we're going. So I'm going to tell you where we're going so you're totally ready and you're not trying to figure it out. All right, so what I want to do, I believe in the beginning, I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about joy. I'm going to speed through that because you guys already know your Bible. You know what it says. But how many of you love the Word of God and you love what God's Word has a power to change lives? And so I want to, I want to read some scriptures over you and don't zone out during the scriptures. Sometimes this is horrible, but when my husband is reading scriptures and they're long, I sometimes zone out, have to just pull myself back in. I'm sure none of you have ever done that in church, okay? But we're not going to do that today because we're going to, I'm going to go through some scriptures. So I really want to believe that God wants to impart faith for joy in your life. Faith for joy, that you'll get it in your spirit, that it's a promise of the Lord. And then I want to talk about why do we need this? And really I want to land on how do we walk in this? How do we grab a hold of this? How do we obtain this and make it a part of our life. Okay. So now you know where we're going. Here's where we're going to go. So just to help you make sure you don't fall asleep or not pay attention. I know you never do that in Coeur d'Alene, but when I say the word joy or you see it on the screen, you're going to say it out loud. Okay. Let's practice joy, joy. All right. This is a participatory service. All right. This is going to be so great. Tell your neighbor. I love this already. I'm so full of joy. Okay. The Bible teaches us that joy is number one. Oh, good job. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me clarify. Okay. Work with me, people. You can't interrupt. Um, not when I say joy. Sorry. No, not when I say joy. Cut that. That. No. Stop. It has to. <laughs> rules change. Rule change. I'm the boss of this game. Okay. So when we're going to read scriptures, when you see it in the word of God. Okay. All right. So I got to get through this fast. So we got to get to the good stuff. All right. So number one, it is our promise in our portion. Okay. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of all hope fill you with all and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 13.52 says this, and the believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Do you love that? That's, I've never seen this before. It was listed separately. Joy. They were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I just thought it was like a one package deal, but it's, it was listed separately. Luke 10.21 says this, at the same time, Jesus was filled with the Joy. of the Holy Spirit. And then Psalm 84, one of my favorite scriptures. How many of you love, have a million, I have a lot of favorites, but this is one of them. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their mind on pilgrimage. When they walk through the valley of weeping, this is our promise, it will become a place of refreshing springs. All right? So it's our promise in our portion. Number two, it's a suggestion. It's actually a command, all right? If, we, if you read the same Bible I do, and I believe we do, this is what it says. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. It doesn't say sometimes, but there's a command for us. I say it again, rejoice. Psalm 68.3 says this, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence and let them be filled with joy. Whoa. All right. Isaiah 65 says this, be glad, rejoice forever. And look, I will create God's people, Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. That's what we're called to be. All right. So rejoice 
is this verb tense of the word joy. And I love that because joy is a noun, right? But it's also a verb. We rejoice. It's something that we actually do to fill our lives with joy. So rejoicing actually means to be joyful or glad, to spin around with intense motion. Some of you are like, I'm too old for that. I think you can also do this. You know, I think it counts maybe when you're older. I don't know. All right. So number three, it's not circumstantial. Right? We see Paul and Silas in, in prison and jail, and they begin to rejoice in very crazy circumstances, right? First Thessalonians 5:16 says this: always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Number four, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We know that. Number five, it's a faith response. Yes, it is. This is something the Lord's been working in me the last few years. Joy is a faith response. When I walk in anxiety and worry and fear, you know what, I, what I'm saying? I believe it's up to me to fix this. But when I walk in joy, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I don't know how you're going to fix this, but I'm going to tap into joy. I'm going to enjoy you because you're the one in charge and you got to figure this out. So joy is actually a faith response. And sometimes we got to fight to walk in that faith to say, you know what? God, I'm going to laugh about this because what else can I do? Amen. Is there any real people in here who have some real life issues that you're like, oh gosh. And people are going to be like, why are you laughing? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So number six, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's not a personality. Because some of you are like, well, they're happy. They just were born that way. And not me. Well, let me just tell you, guess what my personality scores on that, I don't know which test it is, where it's like sanguine cleric. Guess what I am? Melancholy. Who wants to admit that you're melancholy? Uh, yeah, I'm melancholy. But the Bible's not like, well, this is just for sanguine people. Like, joy's for the happy people, the mourning people. No, joy is for all of us. Some of us have to work a little harder to tap into it than other people, but it's still for all of us. It's not just a disposition or personality trait, all right? And the last thing that it is, is it is the culture of heaven. You know, we're carriers of the culture of heaven on earth. And if we don't know that heaven, if we don't know what heaven's like, how can we carry it? But let me tell you this, in heaven, there is rejoicing and dancing and celebrating. And so we as Christians want to bring that culture to the places that we are. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. The word of God teaches us. So why do we need contagious joy, you ask? You were asking, right? You're like, why do I need this? Like... Good. I'm glad you asked. All right. So there's four things that I want to talk about that why we need this just quickly, but it is crucial for victory. It's crucial for victory in our life. And Psalm 118 says this, the Lord is my strength and he is my song and he has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the, you guys are keeping me awake. I like it. Are sung in the camp of the godly. So songs of and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. This is another one of my favorite scriptures, especially this year. Isaiah 55, 12 says this, you shall go out with joy and be, 
led forth in peace, and here's the promise, and the mountains in your life will break down before you. How many of you have some mountains that you need broken down this morning? I believe God wants to put some tools in our tool belt so that we can have some of those mountains in our life come down. Amen? Number two, it safeguards our faith. Philippians 3.1 says this, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, Rejoice in the Lord. And I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. Safeguards our faith. Number three, it is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if this is our strength, then I got to figure out how to tap into it. Amen. All right, number four, and this probably is my favorite, but it draws people to Jesus, draws people to Jesus. And I love this about Heart of the City Church. I love this about our church. People will see people from our church in a grocery store or a restaurant and say, hey, what, you, you know Jesus. Like, you go to Life Church. What is, why? Because they're living a life filled with joy, and it's, like, contagious. And let me tell I won't read the statistics, but I, I've been studying a lot of the statistics. You don't need to know them. But depression is at an all-time low. The average mean age of young people beginning to uh, be in depression is, is so low. I won't tell you because we're going to leave here filled with joy, not depression. But here's what I'm saying. We don't, what, what the world is doing is they're studying everything below the mean. How do we get from super depressed up to average? You know what the church wants to do? How do we live in joy? How do we grab this? How do we walk in this? And how do we bring this to the people around us? So we got to get not from just the bottom up, but we got to start up here and we want to be able to do that. All right. So it draws people to Jesus. Psalm 43 says this, he put he puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see it and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. All right, so people are going to see something in your life, and they're going to be like, I don't know what you have. I don't know how you're doing what you're doing, but I need some of that, okay? All right, so here's what John 15, 11 says, and we are ready to go here. It says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be a little bit no he wants our joy to be full right and if you're like me you know we go through life and maybe we had joy in a season but you know what the reality is we get hope deferred we get disappointed the dreams that we thought were going to come to pass didn't come to pass we, 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 things just, they're just, life has a way of doing that to us, right? And if we're not careful, our joy well, our joy tank gets filled with rocks, gets filled with debris, and we don't even realize that, it's like, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I laughed. I remember about five or six years ago, I was somewhere, and I was, we were talking, and it was, some people were saying things funny, and I did this. I was like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's right here is the only place laughter is. And I realize it's so far from on the inside of me that I am not laughing from a deep place. I don't even know what that feels like in this moment. And I realized right then and there, I have got to recover something on the inside of me. And so what I'm hoping gets on the inside of you today is a faith that says, you know what? This is God's promise for my life. He said I can walk in joy and whatever rocks, whatever debris is in there, I am going to, just like we would believe God for any other promise, we're going to say, I'm going to figure out how to get this rocks out, the dirt out. Um, Is there a picture of that well? Do you guys have the picture of the well? 
Sometimes we look like this. Does it, no? There, right? It gets all stuffed in. So this morning, I really believe that God's going to break some of that off of you. You're going to yeah. get faith restored. You're going to leave here like, oh, I haven't felt like this in a really long time. But God wants to cause some wells to spring up. All right? So we are going to walk in the fullness of joy. So I brought you this. Can everybody see this? I don't know. This is our joy meter. <laughs> and we all have a joy meter in our life. But if we aren't aware of it, then we're not guarding it. We're not watching it. We're not, we're not taking responsibility of it. We're just like, hey, I'm melancholy, and this is the story of my life, right? <laughs> Start over yeah, here. Over it's here. happier. Like, oh gosh, that's depressing. We're having fun in church, all right? So how do we live with our joy meter full? How do we how do we do that? And that and the first thing is living on purpose. There is no joy outside of the purpose of God, but you want to walk in the joy of God, you find the purpose of God. This is what Hebrews says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. joy. We, have, we're, we wanna share our story with others. When we are living life on purpose, there is a joy that fills us that comes no other way. Moms and dads who have kids in school, I'm telling you every morning I would drive my kids to school and I'm telling them what their mission is. I'm telling them who they are because I don't want them just going to school trying to be cool or fit in, but I want them to know you're a carrier of joy. So on the way to school, we're like, God, I thank you that you're sending Thad and Mariah and Landon to school. God, I thank you that they're going to see people who are discouraged and downcast. God, I thank you that you're going to open their eyes. God, I thank you that you're going to cause them what's happening on the inside of them. Faith is rising. They're not just going to school now to be go to school. They're like, we're secret agents. They're like, uh, we are stealth. We're going in. And then the first question I ask when we get home, hey, who did you see today? Who did God highlight to you? And you know what? There's so much joy in it. Our church is filled every Sunday morning. All of our young people are up at the front, and there's not a week that goes by that I don't tear up because I know the stories of the kids that went to school with my kids that were depressed and suicidal that our kids reached out to in the middle of being a teenager that's insecure and in a school that they're feeling outside of, but they went after them and they allowed the Holy Spirit to be joy on the inside of them, to be love on the inside of them. And these young people have, are finding hope. They're finding life in Jesus. And it's amazing. Our security guards at our school um, actually will come. Not I say my kids. I don't mean just my biological kids. I just mean our kids in our church. But they, they'll go and they'll pair them. They'll come to our kids and say, hey, I've got this kid who's really struggling. Um, would you just take them under your wing? And because they've earned a reputation of carrying joy into their high school, of carrying life into their high school, and they're living on purpose. They're not worried about being cool or is this kid in the cool crowd, but they're saying, hey, we're going to bring them into the cool crowd, and we are the cool crowd, and they're setting the atmosphere at their school. So, all right, so we want to live on purpose, and we want to be kingdom-minded. The Bible says this, that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. When we're living on purpose, we can go through all kinds of hard things because there's a joy that we're living for that doesn't matter about the circumstances of our life. We're like, hey, I am living to see people get saved. I am living to see the kingdom of God come so I can endure quite a bit for the joy set before us. All right, so number two, we want to stay connected. 
We want to stay connected. So what's the first thing we want to do? Live on purpose. All right, let's say it together. We're going to live on purpose. And the second thing we're going to do is stay connected. Obviously, we're going to stay connected with Jesus, because in his presence is fullness of joy. But we also want to stay connected to others. Joy is meant to be shared. This is my commitment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. You know, I remember, you know, like we read sometimes like the, great, the commandments were like, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind and your strength, and you should love your neighbor. And we read them like, I got, okay, God, I got to gotta do it. I got to love my neighbor because I love God and I just, I know I need to love him. I just know I need to love him. I know I, I should love God more and I should love my neighbors more. I think sometimes we see God like that. Like he's up there giving us the rule book and we're like, okay, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to love God and I'm going to love my neighbor. I see it like this. God's like, I know what's going to fulfill you. I know what's going to give you life. And here's the two secrets to living the life I called you to live. If you love me, your joy tank is going to be full. And then I did this beautiful thing. I made creation so that when you're together, there's a life flow and a joy flow that comes in and out. And if you will tap into this, you are going to experience something you've never experienced before. So we're like, oh, I want to connect with other people because there's a life flow there. There's a joy flow there because joy is meant to be shared. All right. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Second Timothy says this. I'll be filled with joy when we're together again. Right. First Thessalonians says this. You are our pride and joy. You want some joy in your life, start investing in people and seeing them grow in the Lord. I'm telling you, there's no greater joy than when I'm investing in people and praying for other people and standing with them. And then when I see them get victory, I'm like, yes, I was a part of that. I got to share in their joy and it's awesome and it's wonderful. All right. So friends don't let friends do silly things alone. So I know, like, so I really think, you know, what happens, life is stressful, life is hard, and if we're not intentional about joy, we won't live in it. And so, I mean, I, we do silly things, I do silly things like this, you're probably glad you're not my friend, but this is the truth. So my friend Tina, it was her birthday a little while ago, we were walking out by, out by our reservoir, and we're walking, and I'm like, all right, assignment, joy assignment, you need to tell everybody we see that it's your birthday. And she's like, no, she's not extroverted kind of personality. I'm like, yes, it's your birthday assignment. So we're, I mean, just for fun. <laughs> so we're walking, total strangers. Hi, it's my birthday. <laughs> so it was just great because it opened up fun conversations, just yeah. silliness. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to have that in our life because uh, so life is so serious. And I realize if I don't plan on keeping my joy meter full, it, it, without doing any work at all, right. It goes way down there. So I have to be really intentional about keeping my joy meter full. We celebrate people. We have parties at our house all the time. And I'm already praying for my kids' spouses because their expectations for birthday parties are like so high. Because we're like, we'll have a family party, we'll have a friend party, and then we'll have this other party. But part of what we do is we're celebrating people. So every time someone comes over and we're celebrating their birthday, we're like, you know what we love about Topher? I love this. And so everybody's declaring life and celebrating who he is because the world needs to speak life. The world needs people who will see what God sees in people and will 
will celebrate how God made us and celebrate who we are. So we as Christians are carriers of that in the kingdom of God. So we celebrate people. You celebrate people here. I love, I see the greeters out there this morning. We love you. I come into church and I'm like, yes, they love me here. I mean, I'm, by the time I came in the door, I'm like, yes, I belong here. I'm happy. I love that. I think the world is looking for that. I go to Les Schwab sometimes just because I feel important. I'm like, could you check my tires? I was a little discouraged today. They're running out. They're like, hey, can, what can we do for you? We're so glad you're here. That's what the church is supposed to be like, right? All right. All right, so we're going to do what? If, you want, if we want to live in this contagious joy, we need to live on purpose, stay connected to God and to other people. All right. I'll just go on to my next one. All right, number three, we got to fix our focus. Say, fix your focus. All right, I want you to look at this picture and tell me what you see. Go ahead and say it out loud. Look again. Oh, some of you saw evil. No, most of you saw good. That's a good sign, right? How many of you know this? Whatever we're focused on becomes our reality. Whatever we look at, whatever we fix our focus on grows. So sometimes we have to to fix our focus. You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. I'll say that again. You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. God wants to help us. And if we get this, we'll have everything, you know? If we have, you have the power to train your brain. I remember the first time I realized that I had the power to tell my mind what to think. It was life changing. Because what happens is, I was just going through, I remember laying in bed one night, so mad at my husband. Sorry, it was true. (laughs) And I am like, I, I thought, I'm a really positive person. And I heard the thoughts in my head. And I realized I am running this reel in my head of every single thing that is wrong with him. And guess what happened? I started to not like him more and more and more. And I was like, it was so convicting. The Holy Spirit was like, it's not him, it's you. You're negative. And all you can see is what's wrong with him. And I was like, oh, God, I am so sorry. Guess what happened? I repented. My mind changed. Guess what? He was perfect. He's perfect. Amen. He really is perfect. He really is. He's so perfect. But we have to fix our focus because whatever we're looking at, and I'll tell you for me, this is how my personality is wired. I am a problem solver. I'm a critical thinker. You want me on your team if there's a problem and you can't get things fixed I am your girl. I love it. I don't know why I get energized by it. I'm like, well, we could do this or we could do that. Why don't we do that? Why? We shouldn't be doing this. But what happens if I'm not careful? I'm doing that everywhere I am. And all of a sudden there's a problem everywhere. Well, this church service should have been that. And we shouldn't have done that. It was amazing. But all I can see is the thir- three things we should have changed to make it better. Or I can look at my kids and say, you know what? They're really great. But I find one little teeny thing that I think could be better. And I become a negative person. I become focused on that. So for some of you, like me, It takes a little more work. We have to really do that. So here's, I think, how we fix our focus. And I'm going to say this is, okay, so sometimes I wake up. My husband wakes up like this. I have two in my house that wake up 
like this. He literally does this to me in the morning. I, he does this thing and he goes, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> Sometimes on my forehead. Yeah, he, and he's like, let's play, good morning. And I am like, give me a minute, all right. My joy meter is way out here right now. Give me like five minutes, okay? It's <laughs> so true. My oldest son is the same way, and my daughter and Landon and I, we are more like, we're like, they walk out to the shower like this, you know, like five minutes from now I can talk. All right, so some of you like me, I wake up and nothing happened and I'm sad. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a spirit of heaviness. I feel like something horrible's wrong. I don't know why, I'm so discouraged. I wake up and I'm like, man, my joy meter is empty. It is empty. But because I'm choosing to value joy and I know it's my promise and I know it's my portion, I'm not just going to say, well, I guess I'm just melancholy today. But here's how we change and we fix our focus. So here's what I do practically, physically. I crank up the worship. Because the Bible says I'm going to put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I'm telling you, this is exactly how it works. At first, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I literally will physically do the rejoice where I spin around and start worshiping because there's something about releasing praise. I open my mouth. God, I thank you. God, I fix my focus on you. I thank you. The joy is my portion. God, I thank you that you're uncapping this well. I put the happiest song I can find on. And just my, my, one of my favorite mom moments was two weeks ago. We were just going through something that was super, super discouraging. And my heart was as heavy as I think it could have been. And I'm getting ready for church, of all things. And I'm just in my bathroom. My heart, I wanted to cry. I wanted to stay home. I wanted to not go on. And I'm in there, and I'm putting on this song. This called This Is How We Party by Quipper's Revolution. It's so worth downloading. Um, and I'm just worshiping. I'm worshiping, and I can feel a spirit of heaviness lifting. Well, Landon, my youngest, comes in, and I'm like, you know, putting on my mic up. And... And he comes in, and we never say a word, but he comes in, and we're both looking in the mirror. Neither one of us are looking at each other, and pretty soon we're going. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it gets this part in the song, and then we're going, this is how we party. And we're going like all around the bathroom, and it was just like, oh, I want to etch this in my mind forever, because it was this beautiful moment that we were choosing to rejoice together without a word said or tapping into the joy of the Lord. And it broke something in me because I'm like, this is what's really happening. My son is in my bathroom worshiping Jesus together and we're learning keys in the kingdom of God. The enemy wanted me to focus on what was happening that was bad, but I was fixing my focus on the power of God in our family and in our relationship. So amen, amen, amen. Okay, so you, some of you, how much time do I have? Okay. We got to evict negativity from your life. Some of you have to like put a sign on the door and say, I'm not going to be negative anymore. Put it in your house. Tell your friends. Have accountability. Say, you know what? I heard this message on joy. I heard I had to evict negativity. So you say negativity, you can just go on and leave. You can leave my life. You can leave my thoughts. You tell your friends, hey, when I say something negative, you have the permission to correct me. Because we want our joy meter here and we realize if my mind is over here, my mouth is over here, my joy meter is going to be here. So I'm going to choose to live a life filled with joy. I mean, we see this in the Bible from in the Old Testament. God did not appreciate. 
I mean, they had real things to complain about. Not like their nail broke or their, you know, behind on their mortgage payment or, they had real stuff. They're like without water, right. without food. And God was still not like, oh, it's totally fine. You can complain. Uh-uh. No. no, right? So we can use our brain to change the way we think. I remember teaching our kids this when they were little. I remember my daughter, one time she's just bawling. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I don't know why I'm sad. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to sing the sound of music. Ice cream and Barbies and lipstick and lotion. <laughs> Cute shoes, Pastor Craig. Whatever it is, like some, we have to fix our focus because whatever we're thinking about becomes magnified. So I'm going to fix my focus. What does the Bible say in Philippians 4 8? Fix our mind on whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So we have an assignment, and that is to practice gratefulness. So here, I'm leaving, so you can be mad at me if you want, but I'm giving you an assignment. Here's your assignment. Once a day, I want you to think of three good things. And you can post them, you can write them down, you can say them, I don't care, you can hashtag them, I think we have three good things a day. Because it takes physically saying, I'm going to change the way I think. Before my feet hit the ground, I'm going to say what I'm thankful for. I'm going to fix my focus on what God's doing. I'm going to fix my focus on what he's saying. I'm going to fix my focus on the good in my life, not the bad. And sometimes it takes, sometimes you've got to be like, well, I'm breathing. Praise God. You know, I mean, we live in a real world, a real life, and real sorrow. I'm not saying that we're negating all of that, but we're saying we're going to tap into some strength in the middle of it. We're going to tap into Jesus in the middle of it, and we're going to fight. Because you know what? Our world values a lot of things. They value achievement, and they value um, just achieving things, which is great. But we as a church want to value those, but we also want to value joy. Okay, so here's the deal. I I have some highlighters. If you, okay, here's four people who love green, purple, pink, and blue. Raise your hand. And you are looking for a real big assignment. Oh, just kidding. All right, Bob's going to pass those out. All right, here's what the assignment, this is, okay, yeah, you can pick your favorite color. You don't even know the assignment. You just have to take the highlighter. Oh, over here, these guys are totally feeling neglected, but they're choosing joy anyway. Okay, so here's your assignment, and good news is um, that you get to go through the Word of God and highlight joy every time you see it. You have like a whole year to complete this project, and the good news is the rest of you can do it too. Highlighters, they're at Staples or your local (laughs) place. Get your own. I won't offer the Lord anything that costs me nothing, right? All right, so you have two assignments, three good things a day, and you're going to look for joy. Because you know what? When you look for it, I was like, how do you pick? There's so many scriptures about joy. There's so much the Bible saying about it. So the last thing we're going to do to get this joy in our tool belt, right? Well, let's first, sorry, let's practice first. What's the first thing? Live on. Stay connected. Fix our focus. And the last thing, yeah, that was part of, yes, fixing our focus. How we do that is by worshiping and by bringing our mind into submission to ourselves, right? And Jesus. All right, the last thing we're going to do is enjoy 
the journey. We're going to put joy back into our journey intentionally. I know this sounds funny, but I'm like, I actually schedule joy. I look at our life and I'm like, wow, we sometimes as a pastor, I feel like I'm carrying I love, and I'm a compassionate person. I love people. So every person I'm with when I leave, my heart is like broken if something's going on in their life. And I realize if I'm going to live and, and stay filled with the joy of the Lord, I have to actually think about joy in my life. I have to plan it out. And so I do that. I even write it on my calendar as a family. I'm like, we just need to go do something fun. Time out. We're going to go and we're going to do something silly or fun. Um, you know what? Oh, how many of you, what about Bob fans in here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So my favorite thing, he's like, I'm taking a vacation from my problems. You can totally do that. It's a thing. It's a thing. I tell myself, you know what? I'm taking a vacation. And here's the reality. No matter what is going on in our life, it'll still be there in an hour when you come back. It'll still be there tomorrow when you wake up. You got to give yourself permission to take an hour break, to take a two hour break. Because you know what? The enemy wants us to live like just so stressed out and so intense. And even in real hard times, it's like, you know what? There's nothing I can do to fix this. So I'm going to just go enjoy Jesus. I'm going to enjoy my family. I'm going to enjoy my friends. I'm going to find something that brings joy to my life. I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to go lay out in the sun. There's nothing I can do to fix this other than just to tap into what Jesus has already given us, all right? So we got to um, literally laugh out loud. <laughs> we got to open up, open up that well on the inside. I think the worship team's going to come, but, um, you know, just for... <laughs> we have a fair in Walla Walla. Are you guys fair people? So last year at the fair, I am a fair junkie. Like, Bob hates the fair. He goes elk hunting during the fair. I am like like stay to the fair. I mean, like I'm there with the teenagers at 12 o'clock. Like not that I'm riding rides, but I'm not, no, I just love the fair. I love the people at the fair. So we're leaving the fair tonight. This is in, in the fall when we had our fair and we're leaving and we're going by, um, going home. I have my car filled with teenagers and I, we go by and there's this big, huge, like tractor tire on the side of the road that says free. It says free. It's 1130 at night. And like, I have this, it's free, it's compelling, it's like draw, it's calling me, like come get me, I'm free. So <laughs> I'm in the front seat of the car, and I had seen it earlier that day, so this is not impulse buying or shopping, like I had seen it earlier in the day, I had been thinking about this tire all day, right? And, and so we go, and my friend who's with me in the front seat had seen it too, and I like, I slow down, and I'm like, I look at her like, she does. So we pull the car over, like, and we are like, we are on this stealth mission in the middle of the night. We get our flashlights out. I'm like, get out of the car. The kids are getting out, and we're like trying to, we can roll it. It's like miles from our house. It's this huge track. I'm a farmer's daughter. I should know better. So we're out there laughing our heads off. Like, we are on some silly mission. I'm like, we're going to go get that truck. We're going to get a ramp. You guys stay here. And we're like, the whole time, we're like, all right, bigger, bigger. We are, we are, you know, we're coming in. We're going to go see some, you know, activity over here. Just, you know. And we're sending messages back and forth. We get, um, we get there, we get the tire in the back and we're like, this is us. We get back to our house and we're like posing. We're like, yeah, we got a tire in the middle of the night. So uh, anyway, but it was just like this moment like was right there. And if we could have missed it, is it, is it really the joy of Jesus? No, that it was fun. And we all have this memory of joy together. We still laugh. the tires out in the back land and uses it to do like what up downs. And it's just, 
It was just like, we're going to capture this moment and enjoy our life. So Heart of the City Church, I believe there are people in your city that are looking for joy. It's our responsibility as a church to say, you know what, we're going to tap into this. We're going to put off that spirit of heaviness and tap into the joy of the Lord. We're going to find out how to do this and bring this to the people in our life. We're going to be aware of our joy meter. And you know what, when I have, when my joy meter is here, I don't go on social media. I don't look at the news. We have to be aware of where it is because I realize right now I can't handle this. I can't get on here and see something or I won't recover. So I got to guard when I'm feeling like my joy meter's low, I got to make sure I'm hanging out with people that are positive, make myself planted in church. I'm going to church every service because I'm like, I got to get this thing back up to over here and I got to guard what comes in because those things affect me. All right. So that's all. Let's, can I pray for you? 